Welcome to A Moment with Modern Mentors, a podcast series by Digital Collective Co, where we soak up wisdom, anecdotes, and actionable tips from Australian startups, female founders, business leaders, industry pioneers, and C-suite executives. So my name is Victoria Helen Roberts, and I'm a personal relationship, body confidence, and intimacy coach. So I trained as a sexological body worker back in 2015. So what that means, I'm a certified somatic sex educator, which don't get too baffled by the big words, but it fundamentally means we teach through breath, sound and movement. So it's not a talk based therapy. We're really getting connected into the body. So that led me on a journey of working with women, couples and groups, get them reconnected to themselves, to their bodies, to gain a better understanding of how we work and therefore how we work and get connected to be the best versions of themselves out in the world and then into their more intimate relationships. Hi, Victoria. It's so great to have you on the podcast. This is the first episode of A Moment with Monumental Season 3, which is Better Together. And I couldn't be more excited about having you on as the first episode to this season. You, Everything you do is better together. <laughs> and um, I can't wait to hear all about it. So tell us tell us how you got here and, and you know, what you're up to in your, your Better Together life as the Body Love Collective. <laughs> So hello everybody, I'm Victoria Helen Roberts, the founder of the Body Love Collective. So it's been an interesting journey for me to get here. I started my life in marketing, I ran events, I worked in production in London, living a very hectic lifestyle and I found myself at 33 still partying like I was 21 and uh, and very disconnected from the world around me probably from nature and I really went on a bit of a path of I want something different for my life I don't want this to be the forever so what's next and I enlisted the amazing help of a, of a life coach um, and they run something called uh, Project Love over in the UK. And I went to one of their workshops and they talk around, um, you know, falling in love and, and the ideal, you know, partner for you. And they didn't talk about sex at all. And, <laughs> uh, and I was like, God, that's for me that that kind of intimate connection piece is quite important. So I was working with them at the time and she just said, well, go write what the sex piece would look like. So off I went and wrote part of a workshop and hosted a workshop at the agency I was working at the time in London. And that was the start of the journey. I then went off traveling to South America, interviewed best part of 500 women of around what they were desiring, what their intimate moments, what their orgasms were like, what their connections were like, what they were seeking. And uh, and then came back to the UK and, and did a course and found sexological bodywork and somatic sex education. And I went and did my certification and studied for a year it was very intense, lots of Zoom. It was my first introduction to Zoom, lots of Zoom workshops, and then lots of one-to-one -one work. And through that work, it really expanded my mind, yeah. and my capacity to feel. I was like, whoa, this is what it likes is to feel, actually. You know, it was like feeling myself for the first time. And quite interestingly enough, um, 
I struggled with body dysmorphia throughout my entire life, right? I, and still do, but through the work and uh, undertaking a daily practice, I saw myself in the mirror for the first time at 35. Wow. And, and, in, in, in it's, it makes me emotional to this day oh. because I'd never seen my true reflection. And the work had given me that, um, you know, and this is why I, I say to, to women, there's, there's so much to this work. It doesn't have to be uh, what you see on the telly in Sex, Love and Goop. That's the amazing, beautiful part of it. But it can be a lot more basic and, and grounded in what you need, what your body needs and how you need to get back to your togetherness before mm. you go out and be together with others, whether that be friendships or as a partner. Yeah, I mean, gosh, there's so many things I want to ask you now, but I'm, I'm going to start with what possessed you to kind of go to South America and interview 500 women? I mean, where did that urge come from? That's amazing. Um, so <laughs> I, I went I went traveling. That yeah. was, I literally went traveling. I was meant to go to India. A friend of mine called me and said, I've booked to go to Colombia. Do you want to come? I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> Spoke to a life coach. She was like, oh my God, that sounds amazing. I've just had a woman that's come back from filming ayahuasca over there. Why don't we see if we can get you on it? And I was like, done. And all of a sudden, <laughs> everything just came into place. And everybody I met, it wasn't an intention of that's what I'm going to go and do. It just happened. And mm. it just naturally, and I kind of found that actually I, I am quite a good listener and you have to be. And I, and also I can, I, I, I know how things feel there's lots of experiences an individual you can draw on and having conversations about different topics with women was was so expansive and I was like oh this is this is gold material for you know the next 20 years because mm -hmm. actually every single person that I spoke to was dealing with the same issues in completely different ways mm. or completely different issues and the other things were never even thought of you know so you've got some women who you know, a, a, a very not together and very in a, a bit of a self-destruct mode to the opposites who are everything's fabulous and they're having mm. the best time of their lives. But actually there's other stuff going on in the background and it's dissecting all of that and kind of coming back to then actually what's that common thread and mm. what do we need to unpick to kind of really um, open people's bodies up and therefore yeah. minds up to actually living the most together and fulfilled life that they can. Oh, I mean, I feel like you must just be able to read people very well. Do you do, you do that by listening to them or do you do that by looking at them? How do you kind of get your intuition um, to kind of come to the table with, with this kind of work? It's a very, in all honesty, it's very difficult. So the way that the work works is yeah. it very student-led. So if you are working with me, everything is guided by you. Mm. The biggest mistake that I think you could ever make in this work is making assumptions because yeah. you don't know. What, what you see on the outside might not be what you see on the inside. Mm. It might not even be what's actually presented physically. Mm. You just don't know until you really start to work with somebody and build confidence and trust because actually... As, as a teenager, I was so outgoing and so out there and dressed in scanty clothes. 
And that was my way of coping and dealing with my huge insecurities. The only person that saw it was my mom. And she supported me through hours and hours of tears and not wanting to go to school and not wanting to go out because of how I saw myself. But to everybody else, I was you know, a loudmouth teenager who thought that all that. <laughs> and so you just wouldn't know. So mm-hmm. it just come down to actually really working with somebody and getting them to drop into themselves to allow them to reveal themselves to you. Mm-hmm. And it's like an onion. You peel yeah. away slowly, slowly, and at a pace that's comfortable for the person that you're working mm-hmm. with. So do you normally have to kind of um, do a, a period of time? Is it a six-month course or a three-month course? How does it work? How do you kind of get to the root of someone's, you know, it, it totally, it totally depends. So, And everybody comes with different things in different ways that they want to work. So I work with a lot of clients on 21-day programs in terms mm-hmm. of it takes 21 days to break a habit. Mm-hmm. So. We, we work in 21 day sections often, but I've had some clients that have come with very specific um, issues. Um, one of my first ever clients couldn't orgasm with her partner. She was so self-conscious and we did one session together. We kind of got her into a body and I kind of flipped the situation with her and was like, look, rather than thinking about yourself, just feel what's going on and mm-hmm. just think he's the cat that's got the cream. He thinks you're amazing. So <laughs> go with that and see where you, where you get to. And funnily enough, she had the orgasm of a lifetime and that was my work done, you know? So it was one session and, and, and that was, it was a quick, that was a quick win for her. But for some clients, it can be a lot longer because what they actually come for and where we start can be quite different things because it might be an intimate issue, but you might it might end up going back to something that might have happened in childhood or the way that they actually feel about themselves or systematic systemic beliefs, mm. all kinds of things that Im- impact um, actually where you need to get to with the work. So um, it purely does depend. Um, often with individuals six six weeks six to eight weeks is is a good starting point mm. but I've worked with some clients for for nine months now so yeah uh, yeah and do you do you find that you have kind of people coming to you that are already on board with the work that you're doing or do you find that there's also you know husband and wives that turn up one of them is kind of being brought along and a, a bit kind of suspicious or tell us how those dynamics work and how you get people to to see it yeah so and and that's where it's quite interesting so in in what i'm certified in and in in sure to do and the nature of my work is very hands-on practice and it can be very much like uh sex love and goop shows but actually the nature of 95 percent of my work is 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 hands off and obviously in the last couple of years it's had to be because of zoom because people are scared of that, you know, that's actually, it's, it's, that's a bit of a step too far. You've kind of got to bring it back down to basics. Like that kind of work, if you mention sexological body work, nobody's got an idea of what it is or what it involves. And do I have to take my clothes off? And do, you touch me? do I have to touch you? And, and so it's really kind of breaking down those barriers, starting with the breath, starting with a bit of gentle movement, getting people to empower their voice, because actually mm. it, we don't know how to say no we don't know how to communicate what it is that we want so 
it, that's how we, we start with couples dynamics. Normally it's one that's more interested in the other or <laughs> kind of seen something that I've done or heard about me from somewhere and kind of dragging the other one along kind of unwilling. <laughs> and, um, and then it's kind of starting for basics because it's not a talk therapy. We're doing lots of talking now, but it, it, we don't sit and go into the depths of, of what's going on because I refer to psychologists and transpersonal psychotherapists and sex therapists. We work hand in hand. Mm. Um, I'm here to deal with what's going on in the body. So if you're mm. struggling with connection or how to communicate, we're going to drop into the body and look at how we do that with ourselves first. So even though it's a together practice, we kind of treat things quite separately. So mm. everybody's got their own homework before we get anywhere near how that comes together as a couple. I mean, it feels like literally everyone on the planet could use this kind of work because, you know, from present presenting to an audience or getting onto a video camera, I mean, we have tons of clients that we're trying to encourage to get on to video and do recordings. You know, social media is full of people getting on camera now, but there's this anxiety that lives behind that for a lot of people, you know, all the way through to intimate relationships or work relationships. It feels like everyone's got this somewhat tension that builds up inside them how do you kind of how do you talk to every person because it feels like your kind of work could really help a, a wide range of people well that's the thing and it and it could and it really could you know so I do corporate programs working with CEOs and their teams to manage stress and anxiety but through the body so mm. teaching them breathing techniques of how to um, manage stress and anxiety as it arrives teaching them techniques of how to get into the body so that they can actually recognize stress and anxiety first so mm -hmm. you can see how that in the corporate world then can also translate into your personal life as well because if you start feeling a sense of emotion, okay, oh, well, that's what it feels like. Mm -hmm. Versus all of a sudden having the red flush and the panic and the stutter and the sweats and, and all of a sudden it's too late because you kind of rub it in the headlights. You can take a step back and mm. employ a breathing technique that somebody would never, you know, even notice that you, you, you're using, for example, mm. and take control of that situation. So it is something that everybody can benefit from because it works on so many levels and you can mm. start really simple with stress and anxiety or emotional release. How do I manage my relationships at work? So mm. for example, one little tip, you've had a really frustrating meeting and it's really got you riled up and you're like, oh! <laughs> but you're about to go and present to the board of directors and you just need to let it out. And you've literally got 30 seconds going from one to another you can get your hand over, make sure there's no airspace. <laughs> and it's like hand scream. And let me tell you, it's like, whew, it charges the body. Done. Those emotions are out of the door. You've screamed it out. Nobody's heard you. You've not made a tit of yourself and you're good to go. Yeah. So they're the kind of things that we actually get people to engage with because, like I said, we, we don't necessarily express our emotions in the way that we should mm. We feel nervous to challenge people or really speak up about how we feel. And we kind of, you know, stuff it in our shadows and carry that heavy bag of, of emotional baggage, whether that be work related or intimately related. And then 
at some point it it does need to unfold so we're trying mm -hmm. to deal with things on a micro basis as they arise so that actually you can be in full felt sense with yourself and be completely present rather than thinking about that thing that just happened while you're trying to present you know the pitch of your lifetime yeah and you're thinking about fuck's sake i can't believe that happened and uh, <laughs> you know it's like uh and, and that's kind of how it can 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 work Oh, yeah. And I feel like, you know, you probably see this all the time where, you know, an issue that can happen in a personal situation or a work situation, but all of those things cumulatively mean that every part of your world is a little bit kind of stiff. And do you, do you find when you're dealing with clients that you unlock one area for them and everything starts to get better? Do you see a kind of uh, across the board shift? Yeah, fundamentally, like it's it's exactly how it works. Somebody will come for, for, for one thing, but then you take it kind of back to basics. And often it can be as simple as getting connected with the breath. Mm. Uh, I know people can be, you know, a bit wary of that and it kind of sounds all a bit woo and it's a bit too meditative or, but actually it's, it's that simple factor of, of neuroscience you know we're connecting neural pathways up and down the body so the autonomic nervous system kicks in and once you get control of that and you're telling your nervous system i'm okay mm. i'm telling you with my breath we're all right i've got <laughs> this you don't need to worry you don't need to panic once people kind of grasp that that's kind of almost like the starting block and then it just kind of goes Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, of course, because actually I yeah. can harness this very simple breath to also give me the orgasm of a lifetime. <laughs> the added bonus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what, when I talk about better together, because this is the subject of this um, podcast, what does that mean to you? Tell me what that, why you think better together resonates with you. Well, I think now more than ever, I think, you know, uh, all across the globe, we've spent months in isolation, whether that be on your own or with your family or a partner. But I think it created more isolation for people than ever. And we I think there was a sense of lack coming out of that. And that desire for connection and being together was more prevalent than ever because mm. it being taken away from us. And while we could be on screen and on, on Zoom, we were so limited in what that contact meant. It's like, okay, well, what comes next? And I think a lot of people went through certainly the second lockdown in Australia going, this can't be it. Like there's got to be more to, to this. Like I've literally just spent four months doing the same thing every single day like yeah. and there isn't a desire for pleasure there isn't a desire you know people might, might end up drinking more or doing other things to distract themselves but they're not actually necessarily harnessing so that togetherness uh, as a as an apt moment in time mm. but to take it kind of back togetherness for me starts within you know, mm -hmm. that it's taken me a long time to get myself together and it's mm -hmm. continuously building, you know, there's always things that I'm working on and avenues that I need to go down because something will crop up through something else. And, and actually it's that togetherness is a, is an act of self-love and, and that's not just 
going and working out and, 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 and pushing yourself and eating well. This is actually about spending time and connecting with yourself and, and harnessing the powers that we've got within ourselves so that we can use those and connect with others. Because that point, I think, is something that we have lost a little bit of. We used to connect quite naturally. It's a little bit like when you go to a party and you gravitate towards somebody. It just yeah. happens. Right? Mm. You kind of just end up sort of, I feel like a little bit like all the Northerners end up in Kudji. <laughs> <laughs> gravitate towards sort of certain types of people. And, and, and that's how it used to be in the olden days. You know, if, if somebody was attracted in um you know in in olden times they were in the ballroom setting and they'd walk past and they'd see their pupils dilate <laughs> that's who they'd be putting the favor in the hat for to say they were mine because their pupils dilated that means they're attracted to me <laughs> now you just wouldn't get that in the modern world <laughs> notice because there's so many other things going on whereas actually if you can sit and spend a few moments just looking into somebody's eyes <laughs> it's a game changer yeah um, and we almost don't do that do we like that is not existent these days it's too, too intimate and why do you think the people have got you know so shy of being intimate what has happened to us I know that we've been on zooms and things but I think it's you know is it generational did our parents kind of not know how were they not taught either like what's happened <laughs> <laughs> it's almost a bit like it's become uh Connection hasn't become part of the social construct of the world mm. that we're in, in a person-to-person -person environment. And I think, you know, you've got a whole movement and groups that are then seen as woo and we're hippie and we're this because we like to go and dance together on a rock on a Thursday morning. <laughs> um, but actually, it's about that connection and, and having that. Mm. And, you know, I think we, we've, we've lost it along the way because of, of so many reasons, time, pressure, you know, we, we don't have the time that we used to. If you think about, you know, certainly when my, my grandma was alive, like she didn't go to work. She stayed at home. She looked after the family. She spent time with the neighbors. They sat on the front porch having a cup of tea, you know, and like it was a very different world to what we live mm. in now. Whereas You've got a working, working mom raising two kids. She's getting to the gym. She's doing pat lunches, taking them to school. Dad's going to work, picking them up from school. You, everybody's trying to fit everything in. And there isn't that time to sit and connect yeah. yourself, let alone anybody else. You know, if you're mm. lucky, you get five minutes to sit down and have your dinner and then you're knackered and it's bed and it's repeat. So we've actually kind of lost that. Okay, well, let's take time you know we always used to sit and have dinner as a family that mm. was important whereas now everybody's parents are often still working from home and, and 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 even me and my partner you know i say to him like having dinner together isn't spending time because we come <laughs> home, we'll put the telly on we've made tea we sit down we eat and we go to bed that's not <laughs> we don't, we'll talk about each other's days but it's not quality time yeah. it's not um, and that's, I think, where we need to re-educate ourselves on actually what that connection means to us so that we can then outwardly go and, you know, activate that with our nearest and dearest or strangers. Yeah, well, that's right. And, I, and I'm, I'm kind of thinking as you're saying this, you know, there was a, um, 
a slow is the word that keeps coming into my mind. And there's a book that I read many years ago called The Power of Slow and just slowing things down. But it's almost, I mean, I feel that slowness is quite intimidating in itself because it's like, what do I do when I'm slow? You know, I'm used to being busy. I am busy. That's my persona. And I think this is probably a lot of people's issues that they like the busyness because it takes the focus off themselves. And almost focusing in is when it starts to get a bit uncomfortable. How do you kind of break through that? So the first thing is it is being slow. So taking the time. So it, it, it's, it then becomes a little bit about time management, but actually slowing down the breath, number one, take just a minute out of your day to slow breathe. So what we do with this, I call it the seven and 11, but we could do four and six. So you inhale and then you exhale. So your exhale is a lot longer than your inhale. It's a relaxation breath. It relaxes the nervous system. And that in itself is slowing down. And if that's all you manage to do in a day, incredible. Mm. But it's it's interesting because it's about then what is the most important in your life. You know, so I used to walk so fast. My mom used to take the mick out of me all the time. <laughs> Because I'd be like strutting along and go a million miles an hour. And now I'm, you know, like a little nana. I like to stroll. <laughs> I take, um, you know, I my journey for slow started with a book called Zen and the Art of Falling in Love. Mm. And it was it, it basically talks about decluttering your life. One of the things I'll never forget is like get all the rubbish that's underneath your bed and get it out. When you get home from wherever you are put your shoes tidy, kind of create that space mm. and just take a time to breathe slow, take steady steps, notice what's going around, you know, going on around you. Because often we're like this on our phones, walking, we're not really paying attention. Mm. So there's a whole campaign um, here in Australia called Look Up. You know, it's like, look at the sky, look at what's around you like mindful walking meditations during mm. lockdown. Um, I ran a wellness Wednesday program. And that was one of the things we did was a walking meditation, just getting out in nature for 10 minutes, looking, starting with the floor, noticing where your feet go and slowly raising up and bringing your awareness outwards. And it's like, wow, I didn't even know mm -hmm. that that tree was there or I hadn't noticed that that building had amazing windows, you mm. know, and you start to notice other things and that just really tiny changes, even mindful brushing your teeth, just actually think about, I'm going to really concentrate on brushing my teeth right now. <laughs> it just really helps reset. And I couldn't recommend meditating enough. Um, yeah. I wish I could say that I was a daily practicer. I, you know, I don't quite have that routine fully nailed. I do every day, but not, not religiously at the same time. Um, but for me, that's an incredible way. And it, it doesn't need to be long. It can be one minute, it could be 30 seconds, mm. 10 minutes, 20 minutes daily, twice a day, just to take a moment out to reset because actually connecting with the breath, connecting with the body. Um, I do, I, I'm a big fan of a body scan. 
um, which I do have a, a link to if anybody wants to, to message me for that, I can share that with you, which is an alternative to meditation. You're breathing, but you're focusing on a part of the body at a time. So it gives you that slowness. It gives you that mm -hmm. downtime, but also gives you that felt sense and connection at the same time. That would be amazing. We'll definitely um, put a put a, a link to that and to your yeah. Instagram after the um, podcast goes live. Tell us about. I guess you talked to me offline about um, a person that has really inspired you on this journey, and I think you were going to mention it um, on the podcast too. Can you just talk us a little bit about that? Yeah. So that so the nature of um, the work that I do can be quite you know, personal. And at the moment, I think we've, we've gone into a world where, you know, physical contact was a no, no, you know, and even now we're in a space where people don't know whether to hug and to kiss or to shake hands. And there's lots of awkwardness. And there's a teacher in my field called Betty Martin, Dr. Betty Martin. She's a phenomenal woman and she's created a whole training program called the wheel of consent. And it's it's so prevalent now more than ever as we kind of say, well, consenting to having a hug and being intimate with each other, actually being brave enough to ask the question, is this okay? Mm -hmm. Are you happy? You know, are you happy for us to engage in a hug? I was once on a workshop where everybody was hugging and there wasn't any permissions around it. And somebody kind of called it out and was like, I'm not comfortable with it because it, it wasn't for them. And actually it's like that then makes everybody feel a bit nervous and uncomfortable, but actually it's right. That's your physical space. It's a bit like when you, you might be sat at your desk at work and somebody comes and stands right here and they're like almost touching you and breathing on your neck and you're like, whoa, like kind of personal space back up. So actually what Betty Martin's created is this incredible tool for us to be able to play with boundaries and understand mm -hmm. how to say no, how to communicate, how we engage in, in intimate relations and without offending somebody, but mm -hmm. owning our no and, and having the confidence and belief in ourselves to say, this doesn't work for me. Um, yeah, so, yeah, that feels like it's such an important topic. And especially like you say, probably one that always comes across a little bit awkwardly, but how to do that in a way that works for you and for the people around you it sounds, sounds like something would be very beneficial because I think you're right, that permission base, but also that braveness around saying, okay, I need a hug right now. Who's up for, who's up for helping me out here? Yeah, exactly. 100%. I mean, for me, it's something that should be taught in schools, mm. you know, that, that kind of being able to, to communicate that and what consent means is, is so fundamental to everything we do in life, because this comes down to intimate relationships, but again, translated to the workplace, how many times do people take on extra work mm. because they can't say no, can't say no. what the consequences are. And then that kind of leads into boundaries, I guess, which is in a whole nother topic, right? Because you can have lots of boundaries or be boundaryless, and that can cause its own kind of issues, I guess. Yeah. And, and some people then will use boundaries as a, as a, as a, as a tool to keep everybody away because that, that that's their protecting walls. So it's then actually being able to recognize kind of what your hard boundaries are, your soft boundaries are, how you work with them, how you communicate to somebody when you meet them. Um, 
this, it, this is leading me straight to think about something that I teach all of my clients, which is about pleasure mapping and how you first get to know somebody because in today's world you'll you'll meet somebody you'll might go on a few dates and then you know you get down to business and there isn't really any conversation around what you like what you don't like kind of just have to muddle your way through it and it might not always be the best and some people might never feel confident enough to be able to say I don't like that. Or you say you're brave enough to say, and the other person gets offended. Mm. So do a technique called pleasure mapping, which basically takes you through actually the whole body and a ritual so that you can engage with yourself and with your partner, discovering what hidden treasures the body holds, like whether it be your ears or the inside of your arm. And we map the whole body from head to toe, exploring mm -hmm. with touches and different fabrics, using scents, creating an environment so that people can really explore each other as a foundation to then knowing, well, actually, you think that you might like soft stroking and some people <laughs> hate it. <laughs> Don't, don't get up on the wrong foot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This really kind of gives people the foundations to be open that dialogue and, you know, should it be firmer? Should it be harder? You know, do you like that? What does that feel like? And open an, a dialogue around mm -hmm. pleasure. Amazing. Gosh, I think it's, um, you know, there's, as I kept saying, keep saying, it feels like this is for everyone. <laughs> so what are you excited about in the future? Um, you know, tell us, tell us about what's exciting you in the years ahead. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm in a super giddy place right now. I'm obviously really thrilled to have launched the business here in Australia um, and beyond. So the kind of the next steps are the online program that I'm working on. And I've met some wonderful people over the past few weeks um, to do some collaborations with um, here and in Europe, which is super, super exciting. But in a bigger picture, um, my excitement comes around being able to share the work with everyone and how it can transform lives. Mm. You know, this isn't just about getting your rocks off and having amazing orgasms. It's about so much more than that. And that's just the ultimate byproduct. You know, this mm. really, can. I'm just excited to think that, you know, you could have whole companies having a program of embodied connection so they can understand how they can feel before they actually you know get down the road of anxiety or stress or you know anything else that happens which then spirals into the rest of their lives that that whole process for me is like wow okay if we can get a world that's connected we're going to be unstoppable mm. because we're understand how we can harness our own power and our bodies are capable of so much and they really are you know we're capable of having orgasms without touching any genitals it can be achieved through breath sound and movement <laughs> you know that that's a real thing you know we, we we have the power to create ecstatic dmt style visuals within ourselves using breath sound and movement mm. we have within us things that people chase those highs and it's it's an incredible tool that we've just lost sight of a little and if we can get back connected wow i mean the world's you, gonna set on fire 
you, you, as you were saying that, I was thinking that you probably could replace all devices, right? <laughs> yeah, and you, and you can because that we have those tools, you know, we've just lost sight of them over years. And we're, you know, the other thing as well is we're surrounded by so much technology and, and other vibrations from signals and Wi-Fi mm. and everything. We've lost that sort of natural magnetic pull, that natural energy force. And it, we've mm. got to work quite hard to get back into that. But once you feel it and unlock it, you know, feeling that vibration and that finger tingle and body tingling then becomes quite hard to turn off. Yeah, gosh, how tantalizing. <laughs> so um, we wrap up our podcast and I don't, it's hard to wrap up because it's been so fascinating, but um, with a, a, a couple of questions that we ask all of our guests and and one of them is what, have you read a life-changing book over the years that you'd like to share with the podcast listeners? And then the other one is, well, will you answer that one first and then I'll, I'll, uh, I'll talk about the other one. Um, oh, well, there's a, there's a there's a couple of books, but the first one um, I did reference earlier, which was um, called Zen and the Art of Falling in Love mm. by Brenda Brenda Shoshana. And this book for me was a turning point. I lived a very hectic life, um, always busy, always on the move really kind of struggling to get any form of routine. Everything kind of just seemed to be a bit chaotic, but I loved that. Um, but I needed to slow down. When I started to see um, the life coach, Serena, she said to me, look, we went through an inspiration phase and, uh, and I came across this book and it literally changed my life in terms of decluttering my environment, taking it slow going inward before going outward. At that point in time, I don't think I'd spent a single night on my own. Like, <laughs> I don't mean physically with someone, but with housemates at the time. Mm. You know? And all of a sudden I was like, okay, I, I need to be able to own this. And I was so full of distraction. It really, um, you know, really back, brought me back to uh, to where I needed to be. The other one I do want to mention, because this really is was a game changer for me as well, was um, Louise Hay. I've actually got it here. You Can Heal Your Life. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What a book. Um, <laughs> you know, if anybody's got anything going on for them and their families, that is an incredible tool, uh, you know, to really help you kind of unpick things and understand what might be going on for your life from a body perspective mm, yeah. and tools that you can utilize to 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 turn things around we'll pop both of those recommendations up as well when we post this podcast and so the last question sadly coming to the end but is is there something that you want to if you had a podium you had a megaphone and you wanted to just broadcast the world what is the big message that you have that you want to share <laughs> I think my one message would be love yourself so it starts with self-love and self-love starts with the breath taking time to connect to yourself to your breath because that's the key to unlocking so many of the body's secrets um that would be my one thing oh, if I could bring one. that the rooftops that would be go out and do it take a moment be with yourself get in nature take some time to breathe and see what happens on the other side 
Oh, I love it. <laughs> Thank you, Victoria. That's been so fascinating. And um, like we say, just remind everyone how to get in touch with you. Uh, you can get me on Instagram at the.body.love.collective or on Victoria Helen Roberts, or you can drop me an email at victoriahelenroberts at gmail.com. Or you can right. find me on Facebook as well. Great. All right. Well, I'm sure people will be getting in touch after this podcast with a big queue of people wanting to help get your help. Um, thanks again. It's been so great. And uh, yeah, good luck with the coaching. I think it's going to be, you know, an absolute winner. Super. Thank you so much for having me. It's been absolutely incredible. And uh, I look forward to speaking to you soon. Yay. <laughs> Thank soon. you. Bye. Hi, this is episode one of season three of A Moment with Modern Mentors. And this season is called Better Together. So everyone we interview in this season has a story about coming together and why that's better. Um, the first episode is with Victoria Helen Roberts. She is a, well, she's a personal relationship, body confidence and intimacy coach. And she is fascinating. Everyone is going to be glued to this one. She's been helping couples for the last year, uh, seven years, women, couples, corporate people, all connect with themselves or reconnect with themselves. So sharing a whole heap of skills and tips and tricks on how to better connect through three fundamental um, techniques, body, movement, and breath. So she tells us all about her journey getting to this point. She was not always in this um, this segment and she has taken it with a vengeance. She has got an incredibly interesting story and I can't wait to share it with you. It's Victoria Helen Roberts from The Body Love Connect Collective, episode one of A Moment with Modern Mentors, Better Together. Make sure you subscribe to our channel and stay tuned for more episodes from A Moment with Modern Mentors coming your way soon.